Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Self Deaf Sundays, the podcast. Do 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 do. I think it's really clear that some of the learnings from this book has really helped bring. So it gives you like a high level summary of everything that this guy had figured out the power of the subconscious mind and suggestions. another guest with me today who is Chloe yay welcome Chloe (laughs) so I so me and Chloe we work in the same company um we were both part of the graduate program she was from a different year but um yeah we've I think like the first time we started talking was in one of our one-to-ones and it like lasted an hour because we started talking about life stuff and I think Chloe is very similar to like talking about these life and positivity and self-development things I think we just kind of like clicked from there and then yeah we've been busy working on our own thing like Chloe's doing her own thing at work and her you know side kind of hustle in her Instagram page which I'm going to let her introduce herself but I'm just so excited to have you here today to talk about your ordinary tales and your extraordinary dreams as well so yeah for the people that are listening that don't know you maybe do you want to start off with your name age and occupation sure thanks for having me so my name's Chloe I'm 24 and I'm a customer success manager uh, covering customers in the retail sector nice and it's so interesting because I've had obviously couple of the guys from work who are doing that role and every single person explains that role in a different way <laughs> so how would you explain that Chloe? <laughs> oh it is and it's practicing that what they call like an elevator pitch just to who you are and yeah. it's really really difficult and I've started to just with my customers be a bit more I'm very I'm a very honest person so like with my customers I'm quite frank mm. and sometimes I hate some of the corporate words so rather than saying I'm a customer success manager I rather just I prefer to describe what I do and the best way to describe what I do is to, to my customers I say I help you be successful I help you meet your goals for what you want to try and achieve and when I describe it to people who aren't in the tech industry so maybe my family or my friends I'll say that um, my customers have bought these particular licenses these this software and we are um, my goal is to help them use it, help them get the most out of it, but mm. also help them to kind of achieve their business goals. Like what is their manager asking them to do? How can I help them get there? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the easiest of roles to describe. And I think, <laughs> no. I think it took me like seven or eight months to actually know what I did. I, I, could, I didn't even know what my actual role was until I was in a role and I had my own customers. Um, but I think every day is just different. It's just like, talking to my customers, talking internally, planning on how we're going to help them get the most out of it is the best way to describe it. Yeah, nice. And I think that's so true because I struggle with the same thing. Um, you know, when my mum or my nan asks me, like, what do you do? And it's like, it's a CRM platform. There's some data. Like, we just help customers. Like, it just sounds so fluffy. But I think, you know, one thing about, you know, where we work as a company, even though we're a technology company, like, we are not technical like most of the roles is more around the people skills and just being like yeah like just a bit of relationship management kind of things right which is I think that's exactly the best way to describe it is relationship management it's like especially since lockdown I find that I've become even better friends with my customers because right? I'm like 
we're like sat in each other's homes and we're like when I'm sat in my desk area I have like my gin collection in the background and we end up talking about that gin, and yeah. it's really nice I feel closer than ever to my customers and my colleagues because we're all we're all living in this really uncertain time that we're all talking about like weird things going on or how we're coping or how we're not coping and mm. sharing that and being really open with each other and it's so strange to be like I'm building relationships with my customers and I'm not even in the same room as them yeah um, yeah it's it's been a positive thing I think oh for sure I think it's kind of ironic that we're actually closer to people now that we are separate from them if that makes sense and to your point you know when you are speaking from home you have your kids coming walking walking in and there's like stuff going on in the background and I think it actually it's like a human to human connection as opposed to like a salesforce person and a customer person at the end of the day you know we're all just human beings and we're people and I think with solutions with products people buy from people right which is something that we get told quite a lot as well and I think this is a true kind of obviously like you know for people that have never worked from home they might be struggling with it but I think people for people like yourself and like you said you're now closer to your customers than you were you were ever before it just goes to show how how can you make the best out of what you've been given kind of thing so no that sounds so good and I'm sure that you're loving it as well like what you're doing right yeah, I really am. And I think like what you said about it, it like the human to human, like it humanizes things. So I'm still early in career. I'm, I'm two years, nearly two years into this role. I still get really nervous for like quite big meetings or whatever. If they're quite senior people, I'm quite often talking to C-level execs and stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, they're really senior. And then you just think they're a human being and their child is in the background or their dog has just gone on their lap. And you just start to, that's why I kind of come back to the honesty thing. I just rather just be myself and, and it, I don't have to like fake that I'm, yes, I'm early in career, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm doing my best what I can do in this role. Yeah, I think that is very true. And I think, you know, I can totally relate to that as well. Like, I don't know if it's called the imposter syndrome or what, like, you know, you do kind of think like, am I meant to say these things to these people? But you're right. Like when you see them in their home, it, it kind of strips away their title, if that makes sense. And at the end of the day, they are playing a role as well. They come in, they do their job as a VP or an exec and then go home and they're a dad, right? And it just puts into perspective, like, yeah, you've got a life, like you've got feelings, like, and I think it's just put into perspective that, you know, they're not there to call you out or catch you out, as long as you do your job right, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be chatting shit and not delivering, right? (laughs) But no, that sounds so good, Chloe, thank you for sharing. And also, you know, obviously that's what you do for a living and that's your day job, but um, I actually want to understand, you know, go a bit deeper and understand what really drives you as an individual. And also, like, what would you say your key motivation is in your professional, but also in your personal life and everything that you do? Yeah, okay. So I've been thinking about this all week, like knowing this podcast was coming up. And <laughs> I, kept, I kept trying to think like I needed to tie it to like something that had happened in my life that would impact who I am today and things like that. And I was just I was like I can't think of a single thing and I started to realize it was actually more about just like a common theme in my life from and it, and it blurs completely across personal and professional and it's it all comes down to like always striving to do the best I possibly can for myself mm. and there's just so many different things that I do in my life that it's all about like how can I do that better and how can it how can I improve who I am and be the best person I can be mm-hmm. and it's, it doesn't really come from a competitive point of view. It just comes from a, like setting myself a challenge or a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really rewarding to like tick a goal off of something that I've done. Um, but to put it into context of some of those things, like the biggest one without a shadow of a doubt is like wellness and well-being. 
and like all of the things that I do in my life to to feel good about myself or to feel good in myself and I think that I think when I when I think about like my daily routines we like a lot of people always talk about their morning routine there's all those famous people with them with their famous morning routine yeah. <laughs> 5am and they meditate for five hours and all of this stuff <laughs> but in terms of like my daily routine I kind of realized that there's so many different things that I do that are like micro habits in my day mm. that are just part of my 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 existence it's what I do it's and it's things like I will always make sure I get at least one walk in a day I mean this was pre-covid this isn't like going for like a walk or whatever <laughs> yeah. um always getting some steps in like I always have this goal of trying to hit like maybe 10,000 I don't hit it I'm not I don't beat myself up I just try to get out and get some energy um I will always like, try to drink enough water eat healthy food exercise a couple of times a week it's all of these little things that I've like I don't do every single one of them every single day but mm -hmm. like over the course of a week I will have all of these little micro habits that have just become my lifestyle mm. and I, I don't know how long since I've, I've kind of always been into wellness because it's one of those things that you can just see a direct impact on mm. I think I'm one of those people that like I like to see something and see the results so it's like and I don't mean that from like a, a weight point of view I mean that from a feeling good point of view it's like if I drink lots of water versus if I drink vodka all day like which one's going to make me feel better mm. um, but at the same time having this just ultimate balance of just like living life like, sustainably like in a way that you are doing things that feel good and make you feel good mm -hmm. um, and I think when I was reflecting on this in terms of like what, like who I am and that I'm always like striving to be kind of who I want, the best person I could possibly be, um, it made me think back to, it's about four years ago now when I went for my internship. So I would have been 20 years old mm -hmm. and you had to bring a prop to the assessment centre. Um, so just before my internship, just after the interview stages, you go into the assessment centre with like six to eight other people. And you had to bring a prop for this show and tell and the prop had to represent you or like your characteristic and mm. what that was well and so you had to take it from your house like to represent yeah. yourself <laughs> yeah they had to bring it to the actual the actual building for the interview yeah um, and i remember so i was at uni in leeds at the time and i was coming down to reading for the interview mm. um so my mum picked me up and we stayed in the hotel the night before so mm. I could like prepare I was like super like I've got to get this I really want this and I was in the hotel room practicing my speech for what I was going to do around this prop mm. and I actually found the speech on my notes page so oh, I'm going to read out bits of it because I gonna... still have it yeah so are you going to reveal the prop at the end or are you going to tell us what the prop is I will tell you the prop now so the prop is a skipping rope and I think sometimes you could have used a prop that would have been a bit more like mysterious as to what the meaning is. I mean, it, it kind of seems obvious to begin with. But so this note is from the 1st of March 2016. Go on, I'm ready. <laughs> I just can't believe I still have this. So like, I won't read all word for word, but I'll pick out like certain bits. So it starts off with, hi everyone, I'm Chloe. The first object that came to my mind when I read about this show and tell was a skipping rope. Um, and I brought this because it represents my personal hobby of regularly going to the gym. I love to do energetic, high intensity um, workouts with skipping ropes or body weight exercises. 
Um, and this is the line that kind of really stuck out to me. And it says, I do it because I'm always striving to be the strongest, fittest person I can be. And I go on to talk about how I'm like challenging myself physically, but it's also about how I'm challenging myself mentally mm. and it's about how I'm kind of bringing my best self by being motivated. And then I tied that in during the session. I tied it into how that would apply for this role that I'd applied for mm. saying, you know, I'll make use of the in-house gym here at this place that I was at. Um, so I can bring my energy to <laughs> my first meeting of the day um, and things like that. So like, I think that that was four years ago. I think I've been into fitness. I've always been a sporty kid, but I've been mm. into fitness and, and health since maybe 15, 16. I don't know. Yeah. But I just thought it was like bringing that skipping rope and taking that in. And it was quite a vulnerable thing to do in front of all these people that you don't really know. But it yeah. was fun. Yeah, it really is. I mean, yeah, I love like, you know, everything that you said, because I think it's clear that, like you said, the common theme that has really been that your motivation is your own well-being and from a health point of view and also always pushing yourself. Right. Because at the end of the day, when you do work out, you go for a walk or you drink water. How does it make you feel? It makes you feel better. Right. It makes you feel you know, like healthier and, and more like yourself. And it's very clear. And I love that story about the skipping rope as well, because it's just like a such a fun way to showcase who you are and what you resonate with the most. Um, but also, like you mentioned, tying you back to the role. And also, like, um, I think it is clear that that is what you enjoy doing. And it's part of your identity, right? Um, just like being that fit, fit person and doing what's right for you it's not actually always to do with like fitness and well-being either like I I had it all through school like like GCSEs even SATs when I was younger but let's say like GCSE times A levels uni it was like I've got to get this grade to do this Mm. to do this and it was almost like always striving to do the best I could possibly do and Mm. I don't think I think at work now I also find myself in my role always being too hard on myself so I'd be like well I'm, I'm not doing this enough and I'm not doing that enough and start some of the stuff I've started to learn since being at work for like the last two years is like being such a perfectionist and driving for that although it's great to have that motivation actually sometimes you just need to be a little bit less hard on yourself mm. like, said to me before like you think quite logically sometimes and you're like you've got to do this then this then this and actually sometimes you just don't know where your path's going to take you mm. and it, it kind of being a perfectionist like has its good and bad things I think I think that's very true, right? Because I can like relate to that. Um, are you a Virgo? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we had this conversation before, and like obviously, I mean, I mean, going to star signs is a whole another thing, and people might believe or not believe in it, but obviously that's one of our key traits, right? Attention to detail, organizing stuff, and seeing things like it's so weird because I'm exactly like that. Like I like having everything organized. Every time there's a new project, I'm like, open a quick doc. Like, what are the goals? What do we need to do? So it's very like... Right list. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's this idea around being on it. And I think it's this whole idea also around wanting to do the best you can. And it's all good and well, but also where do you find that balance, right? Because um, sometimes, to your point, you don't know what that next thing holds. And you could come up with a 10-page plan, but it might not go into it might not work out that way so it's kind of like trusting the process in a way but it's so true like but like you said it works for you as an individual right and also like back to what you said around you like to set goals and targets like did that motivation come from a very young age were you always like a motivated person because obviously when we are in school and college like 
you are growing up and you are trying to figure life out and you might have other priorities but from your point of view would you say that was always like your thing and also what kept you going in a way when times did get hard also yeah it's, it's a hard one to think of because I was thinking that you know where does that come from like where does that motivation originally come from and it kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. I was like, I'm finding it hard to pinpoint as to what it was. And mm. the first thing that came You're just born was, with it, girl. You're just born with it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And, um, <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of like just thinking really close to me. I was like, my family are really, we're really career orientated. Like my dad and brother are self-employed. So very different to my direction of like uni corporate life. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mum's a medical secretary and works crazy hours quite often seven days a week and absolutely loves it. Mm-hmm. So we're all really like hard workers. My granddad is 80. He still works. Like it's insane. Um, oh, I think I'm, I'm probably out of everyone the least work crazy. I'm very... I'm very like work-life balance. Like, give me the weekend, half past five, the laptop's going down. I am shutting <laughs> off. I'm very much like, okay, I'm done now, kind of thing. Um, but so I was thinking, right, okay, so my family have they shaped who I am? And I'm thinking, well, that's that's the same for everyone, right? Everyone gets mm. shaped by their family in good and bad ways, or they go the complete opposite way, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just kept thinking, like, what what could it be? And honestly, I don't know. I think from a fitness point of view. Being young, I was, we were a sporty family. So I, I was, I've already got my dad's competitive side in me, whether it was playing golf, whether it was playing basketball, tennis, every sport you could imagine. And having an older brother obviously influences that as well. Of course. So I think competitiveness really gives you that drive to take mm. you forward. I think that might have been something. Um, another one that's, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to make it, make it connect, but I, I do think it could is that I was diagnosed with um, mild to profound hearing loss when I was four and a half years old. So just before that, my parents didn't know that I was partially deaf or, or I wasn't partially deaf. We don't know how it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was about four years old and I would go to family gatherings and I'd be clinging against my mum's leg and just being really shy, ignoring everyone, like really, really just on my own. And everybody just thought I was being shy and rude or, or whatever. Um, turned out, obviously, I was deaf and just didn't, I was obviously scared of, like, not knowing what's going on in my surroundings and just ignoring people because I couldn't hear them. Mm. Um, then when I got hearing aids, it was, like, over the period of the next, like, year, maybe between four and a half to five and a half, my parents said that I just changed. I became so much more confident because I could hear and have conversations. And my hearing was never perfect and never will be, but it was, like, I became me I could like hear and I don't know what it's what your brain goes through during that time but it must be something quite different mm. um and I think during school I like because being hard of hearing in a, in a school classroom was pretty difficult and I didn't really have many friends like the first few years like being like year, year one year two Aww. um I know, sad times. Uh, <laughs> so I, my, um, so then I had a friendship group from in like primary school at like year three, and like we're we're still best friends now, seventeen years later. It's Aww. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but one of my closest friends, Amy, she was like my second pair of ears throughout school. Mm-hmm. So we would sit next to each other, and she, I would rely on her to like always just let me know if there was homework we needed to do or if I couldn't hear something she would tell me. Mm. Um, then we got to secondary school and we were split up from every single class together. So I was mm. like, day one of year seven, like my confidence just shattered. I was like, I can't, I need my second pair of ears with me like mm. in, in those classes. So we went to the head of um, the school and got uh, her to put me in all of her classes, mm. which we did. 
um but that was only (laughs) i know it was so good (laughs) i bet you were over the moon to have her back (laughs) (laughs) definitely that was only for a couple of years because then it gets to gcse's and we both chose quite a lot of different subjects but by then i'd built up enough confidence to like you're going through from year seven to year 10 is i think such a massive growing like growing point and you become you get more of an identity you get more of a personality what you like and what you don't like and your friendship group might expand and you have different friends and different interests as well especially when it gets to GCSE point mm. and I, I got to year 10 and I was no longer scared to be going in those classes on my own because the teachers all knew me really well mm-hmm. um, I knew lots of different people and I think that just grew my confidence in like I can do this on my own and I don't I don't need to rely on someone else like when I was four I was relying on my mum and during like younger school years I was relying on my best friend and like now I'm like okay now I can actually I can do it on my own and there's, there's going to be stuff that I miss out and actually one part of the story that I probably missed out was in year seven it wasn't until year seven that I wore my hair up because I was too embarrassed to have my hearing aids on show mm. which is crazy now because I'm now not remotely fussed about it but as a kid it was like obviously the biggest technology, show. Yeah. technology was so bad back then as well like hearing kind of audiology has been quite slow mm-hmm. um so they were like really big and bulky and just embarrassing um <laughs> I remember the teacher had to wear this like bright yellow box around their neck and I had this bright yellow box around my around my waist to like have like a microphone and it was so embarrassing yeah um, so like by the time I got to year seven like I didn't hardly ever put my hair up unless it was for PE mm-hmm. um weirdly got to year seven and lots of different schools merged at this bigger school that I went to mm-hmm. and there was four or five of us that all wore hearing aids which oh, is wow. kind of crazy for one year group yeah. and we think there must be something in the air or something that <laughs> yeah, for that specific <laughs> year <laughs> it's like you all attract each other it's like magnets <laughs> yeah. um, and everybody most of the other there was a mix of girls and boys and they only had one hearing aid and i had two but i was like oh my god there's more people that look like me mm. and more people that have the same struggles as me and more teachers that understand everything that they need to do to help us mm. and again like I just flourished from there I was like I'm gonna put my hair up I don't care anymore mm. and I think that although it doesn't really have enough, like anything to do with like self-improvement I think it's just more like coming into myself mm. and just being me and like that is me and just like rolling with it and now it's like my special thing it's like that's part of my identity and I, I, I make a joke of it now every time I meet a new customer I'm like if I ignore you you're just gonna have to shout really loudly and <laughs> just just roll with it kind of thing yeah I mean oh, I love that story because I think that even from everything that you said like from when you were younger and like feeling lost when you were four to like you know finding going through that journey with Amy to eventually kind of finding your feet I, I imagine like a little flower blooming you know in a way like obviously when it's tiny like it needed that support and you know whatever you needed to, to kind of grow and then eventually like after year 10 when you saw other people around you it was like a gradual process where you kind of found yourself and you've bloomed into this beautiful wonderful human being and like you're embracing every single second of it right and I think going back to what you said around that feeling of I didn't want to put my hair up I think it's because you wanted to fit in right I think we all do when we're growing up and you want to be part of a tribe like you don't want to look different and I think I'm sure it, it, at times you did feel like, why me? Like, why did it happen to me? And and I think everyone would feel that way if they were in your position. But I think slowly but surely you came to terms with it. Like you can't change it, right? You can't change what happened. It's just the acceptance and then embracing, right? And I think that's such a powerful story with 
for every anything that anyone might be going through right now like you know that's one kind of example of how you can kind of own it and, and be yourself but you know if and other people have loads of different difficulties and, and disabilities and and we kind of use it to um stop ourselves from going further and you do think am i good enough right or am i even worthy enough to go out but i think from your story it's clear that as long as you come to terms with it and you accept with it you can own it and there isn't the only thing stopping yourself is yourself if that makes yeah. sense right and yeah. it's that belief side of things yeah it's so true and i think like i kind of all i've ever known because obviously before the age of four i don't really remember much at all but i i remember when my nan used to quite often say like oh if you could get it fixed would you like would you get your ears fixed and i remember saying to her like i'm, I'm not sure if i would because putting myself at risk of if let's say i had an operation or something new came out and i had an operation and it and it didn't work and i was like completely deaf I'd be like, oh my gosh, so I'm like so thankful for how much I can here. Mm. I'm like, oh, oh my God. And I, in my third year of uni, so just right before I, I came to work, I did, um, I was in like, a, one of my modules was like a much easier module. It was like a speech module, like communication skills. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, one of the last assessments, we had essays as well, but one of the last assessments was doing a speech and you had to do a 10 minute speech. Um, you had to learn it off by heart and like do it in front of people like in a theater room yeah and I absolutely adored my teacher he was amazing he was so good Mm. um and I did my my whole speech on why I'm so thankful for the level of hearing that I have and why I wouldn't go back Mm -hmm. and I just made it I just made it funny and talked about the things that I love about it the fact that I can fall asleep and not hear people (laughs) snoring yeah it's like you're you're the one that's lucky completely you know what I mean (laughs) it's like you can just zone out people when you want (laughs) it's like being able to like lip read people from afar and to it and I'm like I'm just focusing on the good stuff out of it that is really good (laughs) yeah and I think that kind of really shows who you are as a character like you know from knowing you from work and stuff as well like you're you're so positive and you're always seeing the good in things and I think you even did a LinkedIn post around this topic right and how like technology has advanced so much from when you were younger to where you are now and the the enablement piece around relying on these kind of tech to help you hear better and I, I don't know if I mentioned on the um, comment section, but my aunt, who is my mum's sister, uh, middle sister, she went through something similar where she started losing her hearing in adulthood, right? And she was lost, right? She was she didn't know what was going on, and obviously there's that fear from the doctor side to actually get down to the bottom of it. And there are things like you know what's going on in your brain, and like is there something going on? And I remember she did. She told us that she felt lost for the whole year, um, and then after she accepted her situation and came to terms with it, now she's fine, right? She wears a hearing aid and and she's completely fine. She's owning it. Everyone around her knows what's going on and they embrace her and love her. I mean, they loved her even before anyway, but it's just like acceptance and embracing, right? I think that's the key takeaway from your story. And uh, yeah, maybe to my aunt as well, it's like acceptance of who you are and also embracing because going back to what you said around you joke about it now right and that's the best form of confidence when you can make fun of yourself um and I think you know like even when you talk to people like if you're conscious about it they can tell but if you joke about it it's like oh if she's fine with it like you know I don't need to like tiptoe around the fact that of that thing right so no I think that's such a great story of really owning who you are and embracing who you are and I love that (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think just I quickly want to touch on your well-being and wellness passion as well. And you've got a little Instagram page going on, haven't you? So do you want to quickly give a little shout out and share, like, firstly, why you started it? And I think it's clear that was your passion, right? But um, what was the reason behind it? Yeah, sure. So it's called at Come Dine with Chloe. Um, and it actually, it's actually been a page I've had for years, but it was called something different. I think it used to be called Naturally Flow or something like that. It was when I was at uni um, to just like, I just loved health and wellness and I was just like blog and when blogging was like one of the like, it was first of its like prime thing, everybody had, had a blogspot page and I would take photos and whatever. And I started to lose the joy in it because I would be taking photos of my food and it would go cold and then I'd be like, oh, I've got to reheat it again. So I just <laughs> stopped, stopped doing it. But I didn't, I didn't ever stop eating healthily or, or, or loving that. Um, I think it all kind of stemmed from turning plant-based about five years yeah nearly five years ago now mm. um and I wanted to like document that a lot more like it wasn't as popular back then I wanted to find new recipes and show people that you could eat really really nice stuff and I, a lot of what I do is just recreating typical meat-based meals and then making them plant-based and the reason I say plant-based and not vegan is I don't really like the word vegan like when people <laughs> say Chloe is a vegan it's like I'm not an alien I'm a human who eats a vegan diet <laughs> um, and a, vegan, a rare vegan in a natural habitat <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even actually vegan like I accidentally eat crisps that have milk in them all the time yeah. Yeah. Um, I started eating eggs about a year ago because it felt right and I wanted to and I don't need to justify why I just I've always said if I want to do it I want to do it mm. I've fish a couple of times when I've been on holiday because I, I just take a really balanced approach to it um, which I'm glad because if I brought like my perfectionism personality into it, it could become strict and unenjoyable and I just want to have fun with it kind of thing. Mm. Um, and going plant-based is what got me into cooking because it happened in second year of uni. So, you know, I'd spent a year living on my own or living with pals and I'd gotten used to like how to cook and I started to experiment and loving cooking. Um, so that's how that started. But then to bring up Come Down with Chloe again, trying to think what made me do it I think I just started cooking to so much more creative meals in like the last eight nine months or so mm. I think it comes from Instagram just being such a good inspiration really good cookbooks I recently brought and I just started to just like fall in love with cooking again mm. and just take photos I was taking photos on my phone at the time mm. and I therefore could just take a really quick photo and not have to bother about getting my DSLR out and making it like a really fancy photo. Food goes cold and then the situation <laughs> yeah. And I actually, I think I was also inspired by something you said on your page. You were trying to make your page perfect. Mm. You were like trying to be like really on brand and make sure everything was perfect. And you're like, why don't you just get going and just, just post? yeah and that's what I started to do and just thought I'm just gonna get recipes out there and I've got I've actually got like four or five friends who have turned vegans since I've been vegan so wow. like, it's now like my people who I'm like try this recipe try this out and yeah. it's really supporting when they're like oh I tried this it was really nice or whatever mm. um, and like giving people my recipes and it, it's nice it, and I, you meet like a little community of people and I don't really have like a vision for it yet I don't like, I'm imagining something Mm. but I'm just I'm just enjoying it and 
really really enjoying it and something that I'm completely kind of going off tangent a little bit but it is related to the page and kind of where I'm going with it is during lockdown again this is something like we were saying before about how lockdown causes you to go and do something or like it's you know creating this podcast or whatever it is or maybe mm-hmm. starting a new exercise whatever it is that you want to do um for me it was so I did photography at A level and, and loved it um I did lots of photography during uni it was a massive part of my course this is how much food is ingrained in my life my final project was a slow motion video of this food photography thing (laughs) I love it (laughs) and during lockdown I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna get it back out again and just see what I think of it and at the same time I must have typed something in and got like targeted um advertising Mm. about this uh, food photography course so I started the food photography course about about a month ago mm. um, and I'm taking it really really slowly and just like really because I don't have that much time because I'm working like nine to five so it's like trying to fit it in either during lunch breaks or on the weekends mm-hmm. and even then if the lighting's not good it could be a bit difficult um, but I've started trying out like taking much better photos like blogger t- style photos yeah um, and then a couple of weeks ago I I feel like this story just goes up and down a little bit, but (laughs) I, with the food photography, I started to get less motivated. I was like, I'm not posting anything on my page because I just want this perfect photo that I've taken. Mm. Whereas realistically, what I'm actually trying to do is just share some recipes because I'm I'm eating healthy food every day. I want to share that. Mm. I'm not going to get my my DSLR out every day. Sometimes it's a five minute bowl of porridge before my 9am call. (laughs) I don't have time to be taking fancy photos. So I stopped focusing on like making these photos perfect and just thinking, right, the food photography like thing that I'm trying out, I'm doing that as like my hobby in the background and, and, and trying to upskill in that area. Whilst my Instagram page is just like rough and ready, here are my photos and recipes and, and what they are. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. And you just, you just meet like new people on there and we share recipes with each other and it's nice. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's so true because, um, you know, having a side hustle and obviously from what, everything that you said today, you, that's your passion, right? And, you know, your side hustle should very much be a passion and you want to do it because you enjoy it. And I think uh, when you overthink about what do I want to make my food look like or what do I want to, where do I want to take it? That's when you start losing that fun aspect. And going back to what you said, it's like, you know, if you whip out a DSLR every single time you take a meal out, it becomes more like a chore than something fun so I think it's great that you're kind of exploring and experimenting and taking it as you go and I'm glad that you know that little post that I did kind of helped you make that push as well because I went through something similar a couple of my friends did the same where they went through a rebrand of their side because I think every single human being has a second Instagram page where they want to launch like something that, that they're passionate with right but then it kind of dies away and you rebrand it but that's the whole fun of it right that's how you evolve and that's how you grow something that you love and I think it's great that you've kind of used that explorative kind of way of trying out you know food photography to see if you can take better pictures I mean you're you're taking great pictures anyway just FYI throwing it out there follow her page it's incredible but any (laughs) vegan kind of recipes and you know well-being kind of thing so I think if you just keep going with what you're doing the right thing will work out and like you said earlier on trust the timing was it trust the timing of your life life. it'll work out and I think that's such an interesting way to think about where your side hustle is going to go and I think that's something I'm thinking about it as well in terms of so going to order the podcast but what next what do I want to do kind of thing and I think that's a good segue into the second half of my um, podcast which is all around the extraordinary dreams part right because you 
currently work at a company, working nine to five in corporate and all of that. Uh, and that's your job. That's what gives you a living. And also you've got this passion around health and well-being and sharing your passion with the wider world and documenting what you do. Um, and I actually want to understand, like, there's this one question I'm going to ask and we can kind of just take it as we go. But Chloe, like, what do you want, like, your legacy to be um, in the world? <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's always feels like such a hard kind of question like I've heard that before I've heard it at work and it's kind mm. of like oh my gosh I don't know but it's it's a very similar question to when people say you know what well my manager says this to me all the time like what do you want your personal brand to be like think about it and, and stuff like that and I think mm. it's really important and then there's just like certain words that pop out to me rather than thinking about a specific legacy and I think a lot of it comes down to being someone who is energetic and creative and I don't mean energy just from like a wellness point of view I just mean from a bringing energy to what I do with work or personal life or passions um and inspiring people with with doing things differently mm-hmm. so one of the things I've kind of taken from the corporate life is that I I really don't like having like these being restricted by like powerpoints and templates that you have to you have to use and thankfully we work for a company that is really flexible with that and you can and that's why I love my role because you can kind of do you can do your role in your own way you can approach it in your own way my manager really encourages that mm. she's always like right yeah you go for it like give it a go kind of thing like, like have if it, if it fails it fails but just trying to take that risk mm-hmm. I think bringing that creativity into my role is okay how can I do this without a presentation and thinking about how I can turn something into like a discussion or a workshop or something a bit more interactive and that takes a lot of energy so I don't do that for every single thing that I do especially if I am learning a new skill or learning a new kind of workshop that I'm running with a customer but if it's something I'm doing time and time again I'm thinking how can we do this differently we always have this conversation Mm. how can I bring other team members into it so I think for me like my legacy is like being known as someone who does things differently mm. it's a bit like it's a bit like the um the Nike slogan that says just do it like my slogan is just do it differently <laughs> yeah just maybe copy that logo and just add a little differently at the end and turn it into a Chloe motto in life thing <laughs> make it maybe you can ask yeah. your illustrator friend to make it for you <laughs> yeah definitely and it, it's not like a it's not like a, I want to be different because I want to stand out and be the center of attention it's nothing like that it's it's more like I just like let's be different like let's be creative let's bring different things to life and I think that's sometimes what bears me down in, in the corporate life it's sometimes it's a bit like oh that's so corporate or there's mm-hmm. there's red tape that stops you from doing certain things and I think you just have to try and see it a different way and think well how can I do it differently mm-hmm. um I think my legacy massively also kind of ties to self-care kind of thing and wellness. And I, I, I bring that into work currently. Mm. Like I'm one of the wellness ambassadors in our team. I remember showing my team how I meal prep and they all just looked at me like, what? <laughs> she's, <laughs> a, she's, and I was definitely, like, she's definitely a Virgo. <laughs> I was like, I acknowledge that you're all in this room and you all have children and family and lots of hungry mouths to feed and a house to clean and I don't have hardly any of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's extreme version but here's how you could do like just your breakfast for the week yeah <laughs> that is so true isn't it <laughs> and, like, hopefully I, I bring that to my team and like help them try and think about being like their best self at work and but I, I'm I'm by no means brilliant at that. Like I, I I do burn out quite a lot. I'm like, wow, I've been too busy, or mm. I should take a lunch break and things mm. like that. I'm I'm not. I don't always practice what I preach, but mm. I try my best to. 
exactly and that's with everyone right like we have these fundamental things that drives us and our key values but it doesn't mean that you live by every single day like some days we have a slow day right you wake up you know i'm not feeling it today like today's not the day (laughs) and you and that's fine right because you need to go through those ups and downs but i love what you said around just do it differently i think that's going to be the uh name of the podcast i'm i'm love that i'm loving that name and i think it's such a interesting way of going for it and doing things but when you say differently it's adding your own touch to it right your individualism what makes you who you are and that like you said that could be in a workshop setting at work where you are trying to do something and doing something differently i mean the thing about human beings is that we're lazy and we we just conform to how things are already always been done but i think more and more people are starting to challenge okay why are we actually doing that or is there a better way of doing it and I remember someone told me was like at work that said, you know, one of the worst phrases that she hates is we don't change because that's how things have always been done. And that really irks her because that's not how you transform, right? That's not how you survive, like thrive and survive in the new environment where you constantly need to change. So I love that you've touched on this idea around doing things, but also doing it differently because that's how, that's the whole point of a legacy is that how can you, learn from everything you've learned from the past and your parents and your loved ones and your ancestors and then also decide what you want to bring forward and take forward and decide what you don't want to take forward right and that can be applied in all aspects of our life on something you said was about how we're always going i mean coronavirus aside we're always going like at 90 miles an hour especially with me being someone that's like i've got to do this i want to do this i want to do that and i think when you like just take a moment to think like how could i be doing this differently it's like forcing your mind to slow down for a second Mm -hmm. and just sit in the moment and just think like hang on a second this is the way we've always done it i mean this is gonna this is gonna make me I don't know if you, you're not in the same team as me, but there's um, a director who always comes out with this quote, um, who always said, if you've always done, you've always, if, you, if we always do what we always do, you'll always get what you always get. I mean, I've said that quote completely wrong. <laughs> okay, I know exactly what you mean. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten kind of thing (laughs) i mean that that might be completely wrong as well but i get i get the message it's do things differently (laughs) we tried original (laughs) this is the remix see we're doing it differently right here (laughs) we don't want to copy it (laughs) trying things out right (laughs) so yeah that's that's what they've said like yeah, it's just like slowing down, like just like just just holding on for a second and saying, like, let's do it differently because we've always done it this way. It's not. It doesn't mean it's right. Mm, that's true, and I think that's something that we could, like um, I mentioned in the beginning, is like taking it in your professional life as well, like challenging things and pushing customers and people to do things differently, but also in your personal life, right, um, where you might be creating your page and trying to think about what next and yes you need to get inspiration from people who've already done it in the past um in in the sense of you know we've already got successful kind of guess like food bloggers in a way who've made it but it's like how can you add the chloe spin to it and how can you do something no one's done before and that's how innovation comes about which is obviously another great thing in terms of improving civilization and all of that so i think that's a very interesting way of looking at doing things differently as well because that's something I, I believe in as well and when I'm doing my podcasts and that was the whole reason I this OTED series came about is so often podcasts only interview people who've made it in their field they've you know like they're already successful right 
but it's like why can't we start capturing the journey of the people in the now and you know how fun will it be to like look back at this time in 10 years 10 years time and seeing how much you've grown and evolved as well um, and that's such an interesting way to like take this analogy of doing things differently and actually applying it as well because there's one thing saying it but the next thing is how do you apply it in your day-to-day life and it's clear that going back to what you said around you know being creative and doing things that you love I think you've definitely applied this analogy analogy in your life as well yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) I love it so thanks so much for sharing that and that was such a great way to kind of hear your kind of legacy which you've summarized it lovely nicely lovely not nicely in that form (laughs) I'm losing my words um but I think like the next kind of question is all around the recommendation because I know that you love reading your books and like I remember when I first got my Kindle you're like oh my god you're gonna love it and you're right I'm loving it like it's saving the planet and you there's loads of books and you know you you read a lot you've got a lot of podcasts and stuff that you, you might listen to um but have you got any recommendations that you want to share with the people listening that's like yeah like you know like oh yeah <laughs> I wrote a couple of these down and weirdly I as much as I love books I actually haven't got many books on here yeah. Um, I think because I read such a, I read like two or three different books and one can be like a romance chill one, one can be like self-help, self-dev, mm. one might be a thriller, I mean it's usually romance or self-help, self-help, it's literally one or the other and I'm normally reading them both at the same mm. time, that I'm, I've read so many that they kind of all merge into one, but <laughs> some, of the one, some of the, so one of the books was one called Good Vibes, Good Life, um, I would really recommend that from like a just feeling good about yourself, self care. Mm-hmm. I think the title is a little bit cheesy. Good vibes, good life. But yeah, it's like it, one of those um, posters that you see in those shops. Is like, yeah, it's like yeah. live, love, life. Like one of those ones. <laughs> it's like here we go. But who is it by? Who is it by? It's by. Good point. Bear with me. It is by. Um, I'm sure it will pop up if you Google it. But just to kind of yeah, give it, I'm do that, it'll be quicker. Yeah. Kindle's great, it can be a little bit slow. Uh, Bex King, B-E-X, Bex King, yeah, like the first, like the description here, be the best version of you that you can be, Mm -hmm. how can you learn to truly love yourself, like that's like the synopsis part of the book, so Mm -hmm. couldn't be more, 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 self-debbie, couldn't be more (laughs) self-debbie, yeah, but then the other thing, so I've got like two podcasts to share, and then one kind of journal related thing nice so the podcast that i really recommend one self debbie and that's called your ideal day mm-hmm. and it's all about well it's, it's what it's all it's like your ideal day so like how do you make your day the best it can be and it's like productivity hacks and things like that and it's i think it's done by two people who aren't very big or famous i think the podcast is quite small i don't know how i came across them mm. but they're just two really relaxed people just having a chat and mm. it's is it two girls or two boys or how it's, it's one guy and one girl uh, let's get the name of the guy up mm-hmm. um the guy is the one that kind of owns it his name's adam parker mm-hmm. um and he co-hosts it with Sadly, I can't see her name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, they frame it in a way that he knows what he's talking about. He's the one that's done the research, and she's the one that's like almost being the audience and asking questions, being like, hmm, "I'm not sure about that." Or how do I do mm. that? Almost as if you, the podcast listener, are her as well. Yeah. So um, she's representing so like, all the listeners. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're they're just like really nice. They're normally like ten tips on how to do this, or ten tips 
six tips on sleeping better or something like that and mm-hmm. you can take from it what you want some of it you'll be a bit like mm, okay but it's all backed by like research that he's done mm-hmm. and it's just it's not like really scientific it's just very chatty which mm-hmm. I really like like good for walks mm-hmm. um, another one I love is you've probably heard of this called how to fail by Elizabeth Day Yes. So someone else actually recommended it. I did another session with one of my family friends and she loves that podcast. That was her, that was her recommendation. Yeah. And I wrote down like three of the episodes to share with people. Like if it's the first time you've come across that podcast and you're like, well, which one do I start with? Well, Mm -hmm. there are three that I really liked and they're by three such random people. The first one is Jamie Lang. (laughs) I really enjoyed hearing, I think he talked a lot about his like privileged lifestyle growing up and how he didn't really know that he had that privileged lifestyle but mm. he just he just addresses it really nicely um emily sanday mm-hmm. there's just so much about her i didn't know and I, i'm not exactly like a massive music fan of her like a great great singer and everything but it's not like i always go don't know her that well in yeah. this podcast i was like wow mm. um and then camilla thurlow oh my god love island yeah that's literally the one that my um family friend recommended as well she literally recommended the camilla one she's like i was like that's so random the, the girl from love and she's like yeah like funny that you mentioned exactly that yeah. <laughs> great I minds really <laughs> that. and oh then i guess God. that last like self devi self-care thing that mm. i feel like massively not changed my life but i i rave about it all the time mm. is um this journal called the five minute journal yes my friend's got that one she's got it in the blue color she's got I think she's like kind of like your water bottle color yeah but I think this is I think I got inspired by I think Tim Ferriss had it on his website or something like that Mm. Um, I absolutely love it because I started doing it a couple of years ago when I went through like a really brutal breakup and obviously like life was shit and was feeling crap (laughs) Um, I was like needed a way to like I was just like fed up with being down I was like I need to just be me and happier again and it, what it tells you is literally what it says on the tin the five minute journal and you wake up in the morning and you write down three things you're grateful for mm. which that, that's a, that's the major thing I think that's changed my way of thinking because mm-hmm. you just automatically start seeking the smallest things in your day that you could be grateful for mm. um, so the weird thing is you do this in the morning you've just woken up like nothing's happened in your day so you you have to like kind of seek things in life that generally just make you feel good or or you'll think of something from yesterday mm. and when you're having a really bad day or you're, you've woken up in a bad mood mm. you just have to you, or like things are pretty shit like for example during COVID-19 like things aren't brilliant mm. but seek out like okay I this I'm so glad I have central heating I'm so glad I have hot water or just like the smallest things yeah that's so true because I, I, I was just gonna quickly add as well that's something I've been doing but at the end of the day and it could be so little like my something I was grateful for yesterday at the end of the day was that my mum came in and turned the fan on for me when I was sleeping in the morning. And that's just a, such a lovely gesture, isn't it? And it's like, you don't have to do anything grand. And, it's, you know, when you think about gratefulness, you think that, oh, my God, like, I, it has to be something grand. Like, you know, like someone, I got a promotion or something. But no, it's actually the little joy. So that's so true. And I do it at the end of the day. But how do you find it in the, in the morning? Like you when said, I it's quite hard, that- isn't it? Yeah, so when I first started doing it, I was like, no, I don't, I don't like this. This is weird that you do it in the morning. Mm. What happens is, is in the afternoon, you write down, in the evening before bed, 
you write down three amazing things that happened today. Oh. And I, I love the word that it says three amazing things because you, you might have had the worst day ever. Like you might be really stressed, but you are forced to just think of anything. And I've written really stupid things down before. Like <laughs> I had a really nice cup of tea. Because like, <laughs> it's yeah. also, you have to write down three good things from your day or three amazing things. Mm. But in the morning, I think it just sets a tone for the day that you, you have this positive outlook on life that you're just like, grateful I've got a job and I'm I, I, I might wake up thinking I don't want to go to work but if I write down I am grateful it changes I have a job mm. it just changes your like mentality and I'm not positive poly all the time I'm really not mm. like it just it, it comes and goes that, that first thing is you write down three things you're grateful for mm. then you write down three things that would make today great and I think that really makes you like set the tone for the day of what three things would be good like, for you to to achieve today mm-hmm. um and so then in the afternoon at night you write down those three things that are amazing and then the last one's really nice it's how could I have made today even better so it's not like beating yourself up about what bad thing happened today or you spent too much time eating chocolate or on social media or whatever <laughs> just say oh, I could have spent a little bit less time on my phone or mm. I wish I hadn't been rude to my mum or something like mm. that and you you go to bed thinking I'm going to do that differently tomorrow mm-hmm. um, and you just or you'll see yourself write the same habit every day that you've been doing like I have been scrolling on Instagram mindlessly for <laughs> five days in a row I don't want to have to write that for the sixth time <laughs> it's like I think I get it now like it's like I need to do something about it it's all good and well writing it down <laughs> you know <laughs> a message it's like come on Chloe like don't run you need to just like not do it so then the next day it's like right what would make today great well not going on social media too much or something mm. like that whatever example it might be and mm. uh, start to notice patterns and habits so I would really recommend you don't have to buy the journal you can do it yourself mm. um, just write the titles in I find having the journal makes me do it more because it's mm. an official journal and it has the words and it's good for people who don't like the idea of writing a full-on journal yeah because I think you can do it in your normal journal because I know that bullet journaling is quite a big thing and I think I have been like this is something I've been doing recently it's literally just like writing down like three things I'm grateful for and just like trying to like make it look fun with like little highlighters and stuff but I think that book sounds so great and I think what I love about it the most is that you know you set the tone in the right way like also you kind of anticipation which is all around things you want to achieve but also you know what happen at the end and also what could be done better and that's such a great way from like a reflection point of view because the only way you can improve is through reflection you don't want to walk through life being unaware of your behaviors and your habits because going back to what you said in the beginning it's the micro habits that makes you who you are as a character um and i and i and i love it and i think there's scientific proof as well of doing like three grateful things because it rewires your brain to look out for the good things for the rest of the day right and you know if you maybe on one day you run out of things to be grateful for or things that went amazing you're like oh actually it's actually training your brain to seek this and actively you your behavior is doing stuff so that you can actually have something to write at the end of the day right would you say that I honestly couldn't agree more and I remember when I was walking to work so I I get off the tube a little bit early again another wellness thing like walk for 20 minutes to get to to work when (laughs) when I was going in and like sometimes I can be like oh my god my commute was so tiring like it takes an hour and a half door to door Mm. and I'd be like oh my gosh I can't be bothered but this one day I was listening to 80s music walking to work and it was through Moorgate coming into Liverpool Street and you just see like all of the skyscrapers and like 
it was a beautiful sunny day. And I just remember like just looking up and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that like this is where I get to work. Mm. This is really cool. Like 12 year old me would be like, this is so cool. Right? Skyscraper in, in the city. Like this is really cool. And when I got to the traffic light, which was about 30 seconds from the office door um, and the lights were green. So I had to stop and wait for the cars and whatever. I just like looked up like against the skyscraper of like my office and the blue sky. And I just like smiled. It was a bit cringy. It was like a movie moment. <laughs> Did you do it in slow motion as well, Chloe? Like <laughs> to make it more dramatic. <laughs> music on in the background. Yeah, definitely. You felt like you were in a movie then, didn't you? <laughs> like a music video at least. Oh, I loved it. And then my my colleague came up beside me. I, I didn't know she was there, and she was like, "Oh, you're admiring the view." And I was like, "Yeah, I am. Like this is my office. This is so cool." And yeah. Nice. And by then, people had already started crossing the road, and I was in my own you little were too world. Busy just at all at the building. <laughs> yeah. it's like I walk into this building every day, and it was just like, oh yeah, this is my office, like big deal kind of thing. It's a yeah. big fish reception. That's pretty cool. And forget <laughs> about that because you go in there every day, and I'm like, actually, like I just stopped for a moment and was like, I'm just so grateful that this is where I am. Yeah, I think that's so true, isn't it? Because you we run in autopilot, and you take for granted sometimes where you do, but work, but. I think I can totally relate when I obviously the commute time is hard right as in it, it, it is anno- like it's annoying and you you know especially with delays and stuff but I think it's finding things that work for you so I've managed to take amazing naps on the train nowadays so I actually look forward to like obviously pre-covid like you know taking that nap like meditating like which turns into a nap um and also to your point like when I walk out of the office and I look around and see all the busy people like I just like I just look at everyone around me and I'm like they're, they're everyone's human being and they're everyone's you know got a job to work for and everyone's probably got family stuff going on they all have their loved ones and like it's just being mindful and and conscious of the present moment and kind of like what you did with the building is rather than letting your mind run all the time and sweep you into whatever things you want to think about it's actually pausing and we've heard a lot of things about you know mindfulness and taking a break and pausing but no actually in practice it actually has a lot of benefit and I bet you had a great day that day right because you already started off in such a good note yeah honestly just such a good note and it was just like a nice way to just like walk into the office and I was like just just turning the music down a little bit just in case anyone wanted to chat <laughs> like I'm listening to I think I, I normally listen to um oh what's the song I want to dance with somebody by oh Houston. I love that it's like 8am like in the morning and yeah. I mean I'm a morning person so some people that sounds like hell but for me I'm like on top of the world yeah yeah that wraps up us to be the final question of the podcast Chloe I mean yeah. firstly thank you so much for sharing all your stories and being vulnerable and everything that you shared like even from the beginning like going back to the question around like what drives you like you started off by saying you know it's embrace like encouraging yourself and you were always that driven person like organizing things setting goals and also your Virgo self like you know you like having things done and always chasing but at the same time is also taking a step back and reflecting on you know there is there is you do need to kind of take some time to pause um and and I think one of the key drivers for you is the well-being side of things right like what makes you happy is going out in the field and working out and doing that things that you love and nourishing your body with the right food and that's where your passion came about which is for come come down with Chloe and you are just 
I think you, you can just tell that everything that you're doing there is because you genuinely enjoy it. You're not doing it for anyone, anyone else. I think you can definitely see that shining through. So keep going at it. And then finally, the legacy piece, piece. I mean, like we summarized it well with the just do it differently. So I just love that attitude. And I think I'm definitely going to kind of take that on as well, because I think a lot of the things like it seems kind of like obvious that you know with all the podcasts but it's actually reminding ourselves of these things right and actually implementing it because that's the second half of it um but it's clear that you've applied in your life and it's made you and to grow up to where you are today and also like finally with the recommendations as well like i just i think i'm definitely gonna check out the how to fail one because it's the second time i've recommended it i haven't haven't checked it out but it just sounds like such a fun way to like look at these successful people and the struggles that they've gone through and it just once again puts into perspective that everyone's just human beings like we have our good days and our bad days and then finally kind of rounding it off with your five minute journal which was a great way to kind of set the day right and also that you know things to be grateful about and the little story that I shared about how you loved our building and you just stepping at it that one day but that was such a fun episode and yeah thank you so much hopefully that was a good summary (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. Like, it's been so much fun. I always love chatting to you. And I always kind of want to say, like, I'm so excited for where you're going with this podcast. But I'm excited for you right now. Like, what you're doing right now is so exciting. And it's just so fun listening to it. Um, I forgot to mention before our chat, but I think me and your friend Susie need to meet because we are so similar. You're the same person. We are literally the same people. We studied the same thing. There's just so many things, like books and things she mentioned or whatever. I was like, oh my god, I, I've done that. I've done that. And I was like, I need to meet this this doppelganger of mine. Honestly, Chloe, you would love her. Like even talking to you, like she's so similar to you. Like very easygoing, just happy-go-lucky kind of person. Like doesn't take things too deeply and just very, very positive. And you would definitely love her. Like if she's ever in London, we need to like meet up. <laughs> Did you actually study the same course as her as well? Then. I think she said she was, what did she say, Bristol she was at? UB Bristol Digital Media. So mine was Uni of Leeds Digital Media. No um, way. I described her course about it being, half of it being like graphic design and, and coding and stuff like that. And like my other half of my course was communication. And I loved the variety of having, yes. know what I wanted to do so I could I could have like, a broad set of skills and figure out what I wanted to do and it was weird because I'm kind of going off on a tangent here sorry but (laughs) when I I was applying for uni I was applying for graphic design like just purely graphic design courses which really in one area Mm. and I got rejected from one from the interview stage um but it turns out this this Leeds uni I ended up going to was an element of graphic design but so many other things and mm. if I hadn't have done that I wouldn't be where I am today because I no. would have one area so exactly yeah. I think it's it's opening up that spectrum of understanding the business and yeah you're right graphic design is just one piece of the pie um and you would have narrowed yourself down but looking back now that no was in your face for a reason right there was a bigger plan for you and if you hadn't done that of course who knows you might not be doing what you're doing now because you'd yeah. be probably working in an agency somewhere designing stuff right which is fine anyway but I think she felt the same way where now she wants to understand the more the business side and at the end of the day everything that you do design is for a business right and you need to understand that side so no oh you will love her and she's actually like we went to like obviously we went to uni together she might be coming over like tomorrow because she's like my close closest friend and just really really good vibes um it's, I'm going to mention you to her, actually. I think she's going to love this episode as well. <laughs> All right, my lovely. Thank you so much for your time again. And yeah, look out for the episodes.
Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the podcast. Hope you guys found it as enjoyable as I did recording it. And if you want to share some feedback or show some support, feel free to follow me on at Self-Tough Sundays with a double S on Instagram. And I look forward to catching you same time next week. Thank you. Bye.